All right, Walk the Line fans, we are back. It is time to celebrate the end of the semester here at Michigan State University. We're here at Impact Sports here at 88.9 Impact Radio. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me again today is my a very good friend, Brooks Lambeer. How's it going, Cryer? Hey, good man. How you doing? All right. It's been a rough week, but, you know. It's a rough week for different reasons. I'm going to read his mind here. Now, now I just finished my... F- Final exam. I was going to say my final, final exam, but luckily for me, I only had one final exam. I am a graduate student. Now, Brooks here has a paper due tomorrow, so we're going to make sure that Brooks uh, does his paper very well and he takes, you know, any, do you have any exams tomorrow or anything like that? Brooks? No, it's just the paper. It's just the paper. Good, good, good. But I think I'm reading your mind when you say it was a difficult week because unfortunately, the Michigan State men's soccer team did not win their Elite Eight game, correct? Yes, correct. What was the score there? 3 uh, 2. They lost to Providence. Okay, and that was a tough game. Did they fall down like 2-0 or anything like that? Yeah, they fell down. Uh, well, they were up 1-0, then they fell down 2-1, and then 3-1, and, you know, 20 minutes left, 3-2, but that's hard to kind of come back. It is, and, and I watched the second half, and they gave a valiant effort, and I think you'll agree with me that, you know, commendable season for them, Elite Eight, you know, great coaching by Damon da- Damon Rensing. Mm-hmm. Right, very good job. And you know, Michigan State uh, Spartans overall athletically are having a good year. Just doesn't seem like we can climb to the tippy top of the mountain. Now we did have a cross country, um, you know, national champion, but you know, it's great showing the, the basketball team went to the Elite Eight, soccer team went to the Elite Eight, and we're going to talk about here today on Walk the Line. We're going to talk about football team it finished ten and two a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about the Cotton Bowl, which is what Michigan State Spartans were awarded. So uh, yeah, so when I when I talk to you and say, hey, look. Not that bad. I mean, you still think it's a bad week. What, what do you think, Brooks? That's uh, all right. I, I I wanted to be going to North Carolina today, but oh well. Yeah, it's okay. Yep, so close, but so far. Yes. But but good job, Michigan State uh, men's soccer team. You made us all proud. Okay, so this week on Walk the Line, we are going to talk a little bit about NFL, which will be NFL Week 15. But the primary concern is bowl games. And how did we get to the bowl matchups that we have? Because we did a show last week and we made some predictions and we weren't that accurate, Brooks, were we? No, we were really off. We were really off. During the recording, we were really off. But, you know, I made a couple changes on those days and I learned some stuff. Like I figured, or I I went against what I said on the show and I figured Oregon would cover. They smashed Arizona. I mean, if you look at the other big scores that mattered, you know, Florida State won and did not cover, but that's all they ever have been doing. You know, Alabama took care of business like crazy against Missouri. They were up 21-3 at halftime. They won 42-13. So Alabama's solid. Oregon's solid. And then Florida State is solid. So the question is, you got TCU and Baylor, and they both won, and they both covered. So now TCU was third in the rankings. You're saying, no way do we fall out. Well, lo and behold, against anyone's expectations, and I'd like to get your comment on this, the Ohio State Buckeyes, we saw, went up early and often. They were up 38 to nothing on Wisconsin, who had nothing. And ended up winning 59 nothing with Cardell Jones, who played great. He was 12 for 17, 257 yards passing, three touchdowns. Their running back named Elliott, 20 carries, 220 yards. I don't like, I hate Ohio State so much. I don't even know his first name. Let's find out his first name Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott, 200. So, way to go. He worked us, he worked them. 59 nothing. 
they get into the fourth spot. They bump out TCU. Baylor was really never a consideration. So, Brooks, tell me, what is going through your mind when you saw this 59 to nothing going on? Oh, boy. Well, look at the box score here. I mean, Ohio State didn't even – they were they zero for zero on fourth down efficiency, so they didn't even get to a fourth down. That That's the crazy part. They just I mean, couldn't they be just, stopped. No, they couldn't. And 558 total yards, 257 yards passing – 12 of 18 completion percent uh, completion to attempt. Jeez, like they yeah. just they just they just crushed them. And you said something to me before we when I walked in here. I mean, we have to give credit to Urban. Me- I don't want to do it. We have to give credit to Urban Meyer, don't we? Yeah, we do. He just somehow he he wills his team, or his team finds a way to win. And if they can do it against Alabama in their in their game. No, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, so Ohio State is now the fourth seed, and we're going to talk about the spread and the over-under here very shortly. Ohio State's now going to face off in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, and I specifically remember them losing a Sugar Bowl National Championship game to the LSU Tigers uh, several years ago. But, uh, I mean, credit credit due to Ohio State. They finished the regular season uh, 12-1. and They were perfect 8-0 in the Big Ten. And really, what I really, really should make everybody just, you know, say, oh my goodness, look how great Michigan State of 2013 was. The fact that Michigan State defeated them in that game last year, in the Big Ten Championship game, that's huge because really that just shocked Ohio State so much that Clemson beat them in the Orange Bowl. So really, it took up until the Michigan State game for them to really get their confidence back, and then they kept rolling. And I mean, 59 nothing. Just, I just, is there anything else to even say about it? No, I I just don't think Wisconsin is the team everyone thought they might have been, and I think everyone just really put Ohio State under the radar. Nobody was concerned, and me included. I mean, Wisconsin was minus four. I had a lot of mental stock invested in that one. I said, okay, they're going to be it. I was saying it all over the place. Wisconsin, 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 Ohio State's dead. And really, Ohio State was a full team because their defense stopped Melvin Gordon. He had 26 carries for twenty for 76 yards, and it was just like, to me, I watched the game just in the first half. Wisconsin had no creativity. They just kept running him like kind of forward, diagonal, right. And every play, he was just stuffed, stopped, shoved, shoffed, everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. Just that's that was what Wisconsin had. And now today, you know, Melvin Gordon declares for the NFL draft, and their head coach, Gary Anderson, who they, they had from Utah State, I think. Yeah. He now is going back to the West Coast to take over for the Oregon State uh, Beavers job there in Corvallis. He left for Nebraska. Right. Who, and the coach, Mike Riley, yeah. took over for Bo Pelini, so the domino effect. But boy, I mean, you're just, I'm wondering to myself, because it's funny, because Bo Pelini's gone because Wisconsin whooped him so bad. Now, Mike Riley takes over for Bo Pelini, and then Ohio State whoops Wisconsin so bad that Gary Anderson goes to Oregon State yeah. to fill that. So, and you know, I mean, the questions arise, and I, you know, I just, I will just say it, just to say it. I'm not going to analyze it, but Pat Narduzzi is a defensive coordinator. He might be a perfect candidate for that Wisconsin job. Yeah, that's so. just said. Uh, Paul Christ would be a good one. The guy that yes. left Wisconsin and went to Pittsburgh. Maybe he goes yes. back to Wisconsin. That is a good. That is good. So, all that's basically that will catch you up on where we are on this week's walk the line as far as college football bowls. So what happened was everybody had to wait for the next day for Sunday. And on Sunday morning, right before the NFL games kicked off, I get a text from my buddy Ryan Smith. He's like, dude, no Orange Bowl. Because that was really what was the big story right away. Mississippi State got ranked higher than Michigan State. So the Orange Bowl claimed 
Mississippi State, since you know they're an SEC team, to stay down, go to Miami to play Georgia Tech because the Georgia Tech as the ACC representative is kind of locked into the Orange Bowl. That meant that because the Fiesta Bowl decided to do Boise State, Arizona, and the uh, you know the uh, Peach Bowl decided to do Ole Miss, TCU. So what was left? Michigan State Spartans are now going to play the Baylor Bears in the Cotton Bowl, which is January 1st. It's refreshing. It is a January 1st bowl game. It's the 2015 Cotton Bowl. It's going to take place at AT&T Stadium there in Dallas where the Dallas Cowboys play. Uh, it's going to be a 12.30 p.m. Uh, you know, kickoff, so I think people are probably going to be ushering in the new year with a couple drinks, a couple beverages, maybe waking up right for that kickoff. Yeah. So, But uh, why don't you give me your initial thoughts of this because the spread came out. This is Walk the Line. Baylor's favored by three. Baylor's minus three. The over-under is 71. I mean, so Michigan State going in as dogs, going down to Texas to play a team from Waco. So what do you think? I'm surprised they only gave Baylor three. I'm surprised they didn't give at least a touchdown. They're giving us three. We're the dogs. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, giving us three, yeah. I'm just surprised Baylor wasn't, you know, I think Baylor should at least be, you know. you. So you're, you're saying that we should be more underdog to Baylor? Yeah. Wow. And, you the know, defense Baylor, isn't that good, and they haven't played anyone. And Brooks has been with, saying this all season. With the so offense, with the offense that Baylor has, okay, wh- why can't Baylor win by th- two or three touchdowns against Michigan State? Well, my rebuttal quickly would be that Michigan State. I mean, yes, Michigan State gave up big plays, especially to Ohio State. But we see how powerful Ohio State is in the big play department, team wise. And yes, they other teams throughout the season were, were able to spring one or two big plays. So it's a nice contrast because I still believe in the Michigan State Spartans defense. And it's going to be a very up-tempo game from the Baylor standpoint. The over-under is 71. Michigan State showed that they can score points. So before I even get into spread, I'm expecting a very high-scoring game here. Something in the 40s for both teams. It's going to be a very exciting game. Yeah, not a defensive game. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I think that holding Baylor to upper 30s is a great defensive job. I mean, this is a team that could put 70 up on their own. Yes. So, and the question is motivation. I mean, do you think Michigan State's got the motivation that it needs to to go to go down there and whoop them because they know that they're dogs. They know it's in Texas, so people are going to be counting against them. I mean, you know. I mean, I hope they have motivation because if they don't, this like I said, this game can get very very bad if they don't have any motivation. Well, I, you know, I, it's funny because I, I, I do, I'm looking at it, it's, it's tough to me to not look at it with a rooting interest, you know, and, and like one of the things about making sports predictions is you got to think objectively, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, pick with your, with your brain, not with your heart. And as we know, when, when I do st- things with Illinois, I tend, tend to get the worst of me. Hey, I bet your so. fake house. My fake house, I know. My f- I've lost so many fake homes, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> so I still am paying those fake homes off. But here's the thing. I mean, I just expect a good showing by Michigan State. I don't think Baylor, because Baylor comes from the Big 12. I mean, you saw Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. Going into the season, Oklahoma was supposed to be the big dogs. Yeah, TCU is pretty good. But, I mean, Baylor went and lost to West Virginia. You know, TCU, they just... I, I don't know. You know, they have that loss at Baylor. I just, I don't think that the Big 12 is all it's cracked up to be. And I'm happy they didn't make the top four. I don't think they deserve to be in it when all was said and done after Ohio State showed. So, I don't know. I got a little disrespect for the Big 12. So, what do you think about that? Do you think the Big 12 is deserving of, you know, such high accolades? Because Kansas State was top 10 team when Baylor knocked them off last week. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of good teams in the in the Big 12. I mean, Oklahoma, I feel like is good. Um, Texas was here and there this year. T- 
TCU, obviously the very consistent team. A Kansas State, a very good team. I mean, Baylor's been everywhere. They've scored. They put up seventy on teams. They put up sixty-one, forty-nine, yeah. sixty-three. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, 49-28, they beat them. Texas Tech, 48-46, they beat them. That was with when Bryce Petty got his concussion. Yeah. Um, you can tell if when Bryce Petty's out, they don't play as well. Right. So Bryce Petty means a lot to that and team. I love it when you do this, when you set up exactly what I want to say. The thing about bowl games, and they're always difficult to predict, is that now these teams have, it's already been a week, and there's still three more weeks. So that's a full month for players who are a little dinged up to recuperate, you know, maybe players who were severely injured to finally rest for two, three weeks straight, maybe get into the weight room and then get back on the field for another week or two. You know, every it's just so good. So really it's it's tough to get a it's tough to predict because when we predict from week to week, we get a feel of it and we see, okay, this person's out, this person's playing, playing well, playing not. It's way more difficult, you know, and and even the way you're talking, the way you're talking if people agree with you, when the kickoff happens on January first, maybe the spread's three and a half, four and a half more. I think it should be a touchdown, but that's just me. Wow, well, cool. Well, and and like I remember last year, you know, Ryan Smith and I were talking about the Rose Bowl. We were shocked that Michigan State was you know three point underdogs in that game, and then it went to four, and then it it went to like seven points at one at one juncture. I think right before kickoff, and we're like, wait, we are not seven point underdogs. So, but. That team did have more defensive prowess than this year's team. I'm just nervous with Baylor passing game that, I mean, if Ohio State picked on Darian Hicks with two wide receivers, Baylor's got five of them. Yeah. So Darian Hicks, does Tony Lippett have to play defense again? Because they're going to spread the field. So, you know, is that more, you mean there's more corners and safeties out there now? I'd highly doubt Lippett plays cornerback. I mean, because, I mean, he had to be in a fill-in role and we have to heal up, and we have True. a month to prepare for that. True, but I just think Baylor, it doesn't matter if they play as defense or whatever, but I just think they're going to pick on Darian Hicks, and they're going to pick on a lot of you know our young secondary. You know, right. Curtis Drummond hasn't been there for a lot this year. Our linebacking core is not the same as last year. They're good. Our, def- our defensive line is really the best thing we have going yeah, right now this is the opportunity then for all these guys to really. I mean, that, that you know, brought up motivation. There really has to be a chip on our shoulder because of. And I, you are right to be critical of of the things that have happened. They need to take the things because you're not the only one saying it. They need to take the things that you're saying and use that as a driving factor for this to say we got to come out and just smash them. You know, Michigan State's got to say to ourselves, let's smash them. Let's hold them to ten points max. Let's just beat them forty five three. Like we, you know, we can win. So. Um, I'm gonna let you pick first, though. Let's 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 do that. So, Cotton Bowl, January first, 2015, 12:30 p.m. kickoff in Dallas. Michigan State's gonna be the road team in this one, so I'm expecting us to wear white. Baylor probably in black. So uh, over under 71. Could be in their green yeah, black and gold. or green. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? Why don't you give me a pick on this one? I just I I don't think Michigan State can win this one. I don't think they have the secondary to compete with the high-powered offense Baylor has, and they don't. And they're playing pretty much. It's a home game for Baylor. I mean, I know there's a lot of MSU alumni everywhere. They they better get down there if they want to help this team and support this team. Because I think Baylor's gonna throw throw all over them all day. And I think they win by seven. I'll, I'll right now. I'll say by seven. If we do another podcast and the okay and this and the lines change, maybe I'll maybe and, and things happen. Maybe I'll change it. But I think they win by seven right now. I'm gonna say Baylor wins this one. 40, I'll say 49 to 42. 49 to 42. 
So just a gigantic scoring game. You got you got 91 points there. Yes. 49-42. Yes. That's insane. I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. It is a lot of touchdowns, but Baylor's defense isn't great either. touchdowns there. Baylor's defense isn't great either. I mean, wow. t- the Big 12 team spread the ball around, but come on now. Okay. I think our, I think Langford can run the ball and score, and then you get the Tony Lippett to kind of cook connection with a couple of tight ends, you know, passes and touchdowns and, you know, catches or touchdowns. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm not going to use this, what I'm going to about to say, as the reason. I am going to say what you just brought up, which is the running game of Langford. I think Michigan State can control the ball. It's going to be an up-tempo, high-scoring game. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Okay, so I have this game going over at a total of 72 points. That just doing that on purpose for right now today. Okay. So, but I think Michigan State goes and works them. Now, what I am, what I was just preempting here, I am an Illinois fan. Back in 2010, if people can remember way far back to 2010. Was that when Juice was playing quarterback? No, that was Nathan Shieldhouse's freshman year. Okay, all right. And Illinois finally made a bowl, just like this year they made a bowl. (laughs) Illinois this year is going to the Heart of Dallas Bowl, which, funny, is in the Cotton Bowl. Yes. But not the Cotton The Cotton Bowl this year is not in the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl is at AT AT&T Stadium. Yes. Illinois is playing in the Cotton Bowl, but it's called the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Isn't that ironic? It's strange. But anyway. The point I'm trying to make is this. A few years ago, Illinois had to go down to Houston for what they called the Texas Bowl down in Houston to play RG3 who, when he was a junior, I guess. This is the, his, the year before he won the Heisman. Illinois is going down to play Baylor, and people are saying, there's no way Illinois wins. And yes, the crowd was very pro-Baylor because Baylor had not made a uh, bowl in a while. Yes. And Art Bryles, I think, is the coach. Everybody was just Baylor, Baylor, baby, Baylor. Illinois came out and shellacked them. That's when Mikel LaShore, and I know Detroit Lions fans love Mikel LaShore so much, but Mikel LaShore ran all over Baylor, and Illinois won that game 34-10. to So they just smashed them. And really, I'm, I'm thinking that because of the running game that Langford can provide and some, you know, some quick hit plays to, up-tempo game's going to go to 72. So I have Michigan State winning 44-28. to Comfortable victory, nice Cotton Bowl victory that'll allow me to continue to. I, I ordered my Cotton Bowl T-shirt yesterday. It's pretty cool. I wanted it. I got the helmets on it, but I'm gonna wear it with pride in 2015. So anyway, I'm just looking forward to Michigan State winning and making January 1st like another good good day for me for the second consecutive year. So are you sure? Baylor only gives up 24.2 points I'm, on average. I'm ready for That's it, man. 43rd I mean, overall. We, we see these. I mean, in in these bowl games, I mean, MSU fans will remember a, a few years ago they had to play Alabama in like the Capital One Bowl. It was like 49 to three or something, 49 seven something yeah, bad. Yeah, they got spanked. Right. So things can get out of hand, and I think a 44-28 game. It, it, I think it'll be MSU in control the whole game. Okay. Asserting dominance, and this is a game where they can relax because there's no game after this. Okay. So they can relax, they can let it all fly, they can fire away, defeat Baylor. Okay. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about a couple of the important bowls. And like I said earlier, a lot of this stuff, you know, you just, you're not quite sure because you got so much time. But the first one we'll talk about is going to be the Rose Bowl. All right, we're going chronologically on January 1st, 2015. The Rose Bowl starts at 5.05 p.m. As everyone in the world knows, it's in Pasadena, California. So uh, instead of Michigan State being there, it's going to be Florida State facing the Oregon Ducks. Now, Florida State went through the entire season just barely winning, barely winning. Once again, they did not cover. Now, this game, Oregon is minus nine and a half. And I know that they have Mariota, who's, I think, going to win the Heisman on Sunday. 
almost certain. I don't think Amari Cooper's going to win it. I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to win it. So I think they're going to have a Heisman Trophy winner. They're West Coast. Florida State's traveling all the way over to Pasadena. But they're getting 9.5 points in an over-under of 71. And we're talking about Jameis Winston, a guy that has never lost. So I think you know where I'm going with this. What do you think about this? What do I think? I think Oregon, 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 whatever you want to say. Who cares? I hate Oregon. Makes a statement. Wow. And they put up, they win by at least 14 in this game. Wow. Yes. Famous Jameis is done. I, I'm, I've been waiting for this a long time. Wow. For them to lose. Okay. You, you know how I've been, Cryer. Okay. They are Just, losing this one. Okay. Because it is pretty much a home game for Oregon. Because it's a West Coast game. I don't. Yes, know. it's a West Coast game, but it's a lot closer than Florida. True. I mean, Florida State will bring some fans, but I mean, yeah. I, I just think it's time. It's or this is this is Oregon's chance to compete for a national championship in this first year playoff. Right. They've not won one. They've been so close in the years past, and I think this year they're they want it. Right. They almost they almost beat Cam Newton, but yes. lost on a last second field goal a few years ago. Yes, they want it. And it's it's just been it's just been in their ingrained in that program's minds for all those years they've they've gotten wow. they've gotten there before and they've gotten there prior to Auburn they've gotten there as well it's just in their minds and they want it very badly I, mean, I think the, I think if not nine and a half they at least win by ten I think wow and I mean and this is funny because I mean this is a Florida State team that I it had to have been fourteen and zero last year and thirteen and zero this year so that's twenty seven and zero for Jameis Winston but they're not the same team that's and you the think problem. okay so go first then go first young man you wow. said ten why don't you go for it over under is seventy one just like the Michigan State game yeah and and the winner of this game goes on to the championship game on the twelfth which is played in AT and T Stadium where so Michigan State's gonna be able to be on the field where the national championships take takes place, yes. but unfortunately not in the, that game. But so why don't you go ahead and tell me what Oregon's final score is going to be? I mean, this game is going to get high scoring. I think. Okay. I think it'll be high scoring. I think, but I think Oregon wins this game, 42-32. Okay, I like it. So you you got it going over. You know, you got it at seventy four points. You got them covering, and that's your call. Yep. See, it's funny. So this is now it's two things we disagree with. I mean, we both had the over in the other game. Yes. I do agree because if you look at the Georgia Tech game from last week, FSU does give up points. You know, they've had a lot of high-scoring games. They won 37-35 last week. They basically were tied at 28 in the third quarter and then had three consecutive field goals and then held off. They gave up a touchdown at the very end, which ticked me off because I had FSU minus four. But I'm just going with the fact that Jameis Winston doesn't lose, man. He just doesn't lose. He he will not lose. And he's 27-0. And the team around him rallies, and they got time to heal up. Jameis can rest. He's going to be focused. Said taking the points, you're taking the record, aren't you? Well, I'm taking the points, but yeah. I'm going to say that they win. Yeah. So, yeah, between money line and, and spread, I will always take the points. Take the points. And take the points, take the points. There's a lot of points to give Jameis Winston. I'm just saying you're taking Jameis, Jameis Winston's record over a high-power scoring. Oregon. I think Florida State as a team is a, is a dang good team. Okay. I just really do. And, and Oregon, yeah, they're awesome too. But now it's time for the big Titans to, to face off. The, okay. the, the biggest debate. I mean, this is kind of like, you know, a, a, a Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier sort of thing. I mean, I think the championship games, Muhammad Ali, Joe, Joe Frazier, maybe this is Muhammad Ali, George Foreman. Sonny Liston. Well, and nah, Liston got knocked out too easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is, I think, I think Jameis might be Muhammad Ali here, man. I don't know. So, yes, it does go over 71. 
yes, Florida State does prevail. So I'm going to say it's a it's an amazing game that's tied at 45, and Florida State goes down and gets a field goal to win it. So 48-45. Wow. Writing it in, FSU wins, and they're going to go on to play Alabama in the national championship game. No, we haven't even gotten to that game yet. Right. So I, so did, I, know who I spoiled this. Right. But that's not the question because now, later on that night, January 1st, 2015, the Sugar Bowl will start at 8.35 p.m. and probably later than that. But it's going to be, as always, Sugar Bowls in New Orleans, so the Superdome. So they got to go where they got to go? They got to go Lake Pontchartrain. They got to cross Lake Pontchartrain, and they got to go get some beignets, and they got to ride the trolley car and go to Bourbon Street, and then they got to go to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yes. No more or less, Miles. They got Ohio State Buckeyes and Urban Meyer. Find some Colonel Sanders. Against Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Roll Tide. Yes. Nick Saban bringing them back. And amazingly... After Ohio State destroys Wisconsin 59-0, Alabama's still double-digit favorite. Alabama minus 10. So, yes, Alabama, I think, wins. But the question is, do they cover 10? Because the over-under here is 57.5. And as we just saw, you know, Alabama likes to put up points. Ohio State likes to put up points. Seems kind of low, 57.5. But this is the battle. Because just like Ohio State gave Wisconsin no chance, the question is, can Ohio State now hold up with Cardell Jones against Alabama and all they have to offer? So it's like basically a pro team versus a very, very, very well-run team in Ohio State. So why don't you talk a little bit about this? Because that's a lot of points to me for yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, 10. I, I feel like it should be at least a touchdown. I feel like that that's a lot of points for Alabama. And Alabama's played a lot of close games this year in the SEC. They haven't, they haven't run away. If they had run away with a lot of the games, I, I could see – 10 but that that's a lot i i think at least touchdown or six six and a half i don't know but i i think it'll drop but it probably will i mean when you look at some of the scores i mean the lsu game you know uh, alabama had to come back go to overtime they beat mississippi state by five they beat auburn by 11 but um yeah i mean i I hear what you're saying just i just you know would you agree with me ohio state's just a complete wild card now we don't know i just they're an enigma I think yeah. I think they're the good team, out, out of the enigma, four yeah. out of the four teams they're the enigma because who knows if they can turn it on man like honestly I I think they I think somehow they can turn it on but I don't think they like, can beat what Alabama. What if Cardell Jones was really way better than J T Barrett all along? We yeah, no, I mean I just I can't I don't know how to assess one. I mean he's two hundred fifty of- pounds so he's hard to bring down and if he can throw the ball if Urban Meyer can develop something where he can throw the ball then- now he's got a full month to help him. Yes, he's got a full month even to learn the offense even more, even to implement more plays for him. I mean, if they're in the they're in a you know the red zone, you know he's probably running the ball in, and he's hard to bring down at two hundred fifty pounds. So, I mean, I think Bama wins this game, but I think it's going to be very very close. All right, I'll go first on this one. I once again, I think we have a high scoring game. I do think Bama wins. I do think Ohio State has what it takes to keep it close. Um, so yeah, let's just say Alabama punches one in at the end to win it. Game's going to go over. So, cause I mean, you got, you got 57 and a half, you got to get to 58 here somehow. So, I mean, I think that like, if, if we do something like, you know, 35, 28, that's 63 points. I could see something just straight up the gut like that. So I'll just, you know, move it down just one notch instead of 35, 28, I'll go 34, 27. So that's 61 points. And I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I think Ohio State will be proud of themselves. But but this is the SEC's territory, and Alabama's not 
going to be stopped. And I really think this Alabama-FSU is a game of destiny. Yes. So, so I'm going to say Alabama wins 34-27. What do you got? I I think I think this is a very close game. I someone gets a field goal at the end. I think it's Bama that gets the field goal. I think okay. Ba- it, it's going to be back and forth, but defenses are going to have to come up big. And I just think you know Urban Meyer has played in the SEC before. He understands Nick Saban. He's played against Nick Saban. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah, I just feel that Alabama gets a late field goal here, and I believe it okay. goes over. All right. And they win, I'll give 38-35. 38-35. And that, that would be like an instant classic then, if that's what what would happen. And that's what I expect from the from the Rose Bowl between Oregon and Florida State. So, I mean, and that would be great for the whole, you know, college football committee and what they've done. Because I really believe they have given us a gift by doing this, you know, Final Four here. So close games would be great. That's what's so shocking about these spreads to me. I mean, these are the four best of the best of the best, and we have two almost double-digit spreads. I just, yes. It doesn't make sense. So in both cases, I say take the points, take the points, take the points, take the points, take the points. You, are, you have a gift with these points. So anyway, but more so I like Florida State's points. Hmm. So, okay, now – these three games, I just want to go quickly because, frankly, they're insignificant and these teams are inconsequential. So it's basically, I don't even know, I'm pretty sure they're all December 31st. They're the, they're the New Year's Eve selection committee bowls, and I just kind of hate all six of the teams. I, honestly, I know I'm being a little surly here, but, like, who gives an F? I mean, Peach Bowl, wow. That was, like, not that cool of a bowl to begin with. Like, I never wanted Michigan State to be in the Peach Bowl. Like, that's always like, oh, Clemson's playing Auburn. Oh, sweet. Like that, you know, it just the Peach Bowl didn't never shocks me as like holy crap. It's like sweet peach wow, tea. Chick, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I like Chick-fil-A more than I like the Peach Bowl. Mm. They don't even have Chick-fil-A's here in the Midwest. I know. I would love a Chick-fil-A right now. Yes. So anyway, we got Ole Miss, who's basically Ole Miss inconsequential. Ole Miss out on everything. Cause but they did defeat Mississippi State. See, and Mississippi State's in the Orange Bowl and they're inconsequential. So TCU minus three and a half. Ole Miss, Overner's 56, TCU's got to be ticked off from getting knocked out. So they're going to be breathing fire for the next few like weeks, months, whatever. I think they just go and truck them. I think, I think just like, just like uh, Arkansas put it on them, I think the game stays under. So I'm just going to say quickly, TCU wins 38-10. Uh, to 10. How about that? Wow. So TCU, 38-10. Interesting. Yeah, they just bomp them. What, what do you got? I... I think this is going to be a very close game, and someone wow. wins at the end. L- late drive, whether it's a field goal or it's a touchdown, I believe it's a touchdown. I'm going to say TCU wins this game because I like Boykin. Bull Wallace is very hot and cold. I like TCU winning and this going over, I'll say, 42-35. 42-35. Yes. So TC- so you Both these teams put up points. All right. They run spread offenses. They put up points. Ole Miss doesn't seem like a team that's going to score very many points against TCU's defense. TCU can force turnovers. so. But, you know, I'm just talking about these games because I feel like we have to. They're the important ones. But really, I mean, I'll be doing – this is 12.30 p.m. on on New Year's Eve. I'll be out buying some party supplies at this point. I'm going to be watching these games. I'll check out a little bit. It's interesting. come on. These are – I love bowl season. I do too. Oh, I love it. I just don't think Ole Miss deserved to be in this top six. 
I mean, a little too much love for the SEC here. I mean, if they don't deserve it, then TCU's going to truck them. So that's yep. how I look at it. Yep, that's true. All right, so moving on, let's go out to the West Coast. So 4 p.m. Eastern kickoff, we get the Fiesta Bowl. Boise State just came off a 28-14 victory in whatever conference there in Mountain West or whatever over Fresno State. Not too impressive. They didn't cover. They have to go play Arizona, who got smashed by Oregon Ducks. I think it was 55-13 to in that game. Yeah, 51. 51-13. Yeah. Just wasn't pretty. They were never in the game. So really, two in- another inconsequential game to me. Arizona minus three, Boise State, I don't know. I don't care. Arizona's clearly, I think, better. It wouldn't matter. I mean, Boise State started the season losing to Ole Miss on the road in, like, the Georgia Dome or something like that. Yeah, but it was close, though. Yeah, up until the end. I think Ole Miss yes. pulled away at the end. So over under 69 here, once again, just don't care, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm just being kind of like, ugh, about these games. I'll watch it, but it just doesn't matter with these teams. And for the most part, I mean, a lot of the bowl games this year just don't matter. The Final Four matters. Michigan State is, and other people have said this. CBS Sports wrote that Michigan State Baylor is the best of the non-Final Four games. But these ones, Boise State, Arizona, I don't know, man. I mean, Arizona, I think, wins by 10. So who cares? Uh, 34-24. I'll put that one out there. Okay. All right. What do you think about this one? I mean, Arizona's been everywhere. They've won a lot on Hail Marys this year, and then they get smacked in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Uh, You know, Rich Rod, Pac-12 coach of the year, freshman, quarterback in the new Solomon. Um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s son at wide receiver. Uh, Caleb Jones, a transfer from Texas. Good wide receiving core from Arizona. Boise State hasn't played many people. It just doesn't seem like they've had a hard schedule. Just they're in the Mountain West. They play the Wyoming's of the world and stuff. But Boise State surprises everyone. I don't. I mean, can they do another surprise? Is this another? Is this another uh, Statue of Liberty play? Maybe. Do they? Does it matter though? That's the whole thing. So. I mean, I'm, come on. It's the Fiesta Bowl. Literally, I think the Fiesta Bowl has always been now. Now that the Peach Bowl's here, yeah. the Fiesta Bowl is no longer the worst BCS type bowl. So you're welcome, Fiesta Bowl. But like, I don't know. I you don't know. I don't know. No I'm chips not and salsa. It. I'm not loving it. I do like Tostitos, yes. but I'm just saying, Fiesta Bowl. I mean, eh, you're in Glendale, Arizona. You're playing where the Cardinals play, and yeah. it's just Boise State, Arizona. Have fun, guys. Yeah. I mean, so what do you got for a score for me? What do I have? I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think Arizona wins this one. Okay. I guess because I'm more of a queso person okay. than a salsa person. All right. Yes. Uh, I think this game is going to be. Uh, uh, I think Arizona's control most of it, to be honest with you. Okay. I don't think Boise State, they're not the Boise yeah, State If you were a potato old. chip guy, you would pick Boise State. Yes, I know. But, uh, yeah, okay. I would. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a queso guy. Queso, okay. Queso, yes. And I think Okay, so Arizona- give me a score. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Arizona wins. Arizona wins this one 42-28. 42-28. Okay, great. And now... Orange Bowl, 8 p.m. I will be watching this, and I will be popping some bubbly. And by bubbly, I mean Jim Beam. And <laughs> and, and so that this will be cool just because I'll be like, hey, what's up? Look, Anderson Cooper and the redheaded crazy lady. Okay? So 8 p.m. kickoff, Orange Bowl. This is where Michigan State maybe should have been. Instead, it's a different MSU. I want Brooks to pick first. Mississippi State Bulldogs, who he really was on all season. I was. Correctly. That's great, man. They made it. It's a great season. They had two losses. Too bad. They were number one for most of the season. They're they're minus seven, so they're giving up a touchdown to Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who really had a great season. 
commendable orange bowl nothing like all all the the team the coach everybody can feel very happy about that yeah over under 60.5 cuz you just not not really sure but uh, yeah, why don't you pick first on this one? I think Georgia Tech wins this one. Wow, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I know you didn't, oh, did you? No. I, I like the way Georgia Tech's been playing. I, I think Mississippi State's just fallen off. I think whether it's injuries or or what have you not, just the last part of the season, the okay. tough part of their schedule, they have just fallen off. Uh-huh. Though they do get three or four weeks to prepare for True, this game. But, but yeah. But I just, they're not where they want to be. And I do they want to show up? I don't think they're going to show up. I think Georgia Tech wants it a little more. So cool. I'll say Georgia Tech wins this one in a game that stays under the 60 and a half. Okay. Uh, Georgia Tech wins 28-14. Wow. So they basically just work them. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You sold me. And once again, I'll take the points, take the points, take the points. So i take the plus seven. That's what I mean. But I think he just, you're right. I think that as far as motivation goes, Mississippi State just seems like they ran out of gas or something. And Georgia Tech is happy. They're like, whoa, we got an Orange Bowl, man. This is sweet. Everybody from Atlanta can come on over to Miami. Party it up, do what you got to do down have in some oranges. Yeah, just do have fun. It's going to be yeah. eighty-five degrees. It's going to be beautiful, I'm sure. So yeah, Georgia Tech take the seven points. I think it's going to go over just because they just don't care. And I remember Sammy Watkins working Ohio State last year in the Orange Bowl. So lots of offense. Georgia Tech, they're very explosive and you know good, you know triple option and everything like that. So yeah, I think you're right. I think Georgia Tech's going to win. I think it's going to be a fun game. So I think Georgia Tech wins 38-34 in a game that goes over. And that'll just be interesting. So that wraps up the selection bowls and the final four, you know, playoff bowls. And then basically after that, I was talking to Brooks. I mean, there's a couple compelling bowl games. You know, you got Nebraska playing USC. Yeah, maybe Notre Dame, LSU will be interesting. But just overall, I'm not really seeing much. You know, my my Illini. Kansas State, UCLA. Yeah, Kansas State, UCLA. That's it. Which, which game is that? Holiday Bowl or something like that? That what is, is the Valero Alamo Bowl. Oh, Alamo Bowl. Yes, that's interesting. And my my Illini, because I grew up in Champaign-Urbana, they made the uh, Heart of Dallas Bowl against Louisiana Tech. It's a rematch of last year's regular season game. And that's disappointing to me because I wanted I think to see something. the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl looks really interesting with Minnesota, Missouri. Yeah, it could be fun. I just... Both teams, though, just bleh, M&M and blah, blah. I just, know. They're not explosive. No, I know. I understand. Not, it's just not doing it for me. But these games that we, you know. Auburn, the, Wisconsin? Yeah, Wisconsin's Even now. Even though Wisconsin got blown out? Yeah, just, that's what I'm saying. The coach, because yeah. Barry Alvarez is going to take over. I don't know. I mean, it's just inconsequential. So okay. we do have games. To, uh, believe me, I will be watching, and yes. I'll be loving it. But I'm going to just put a stamp on that for today for, for, for Walk the Lines uh, college portion. Okay. So anyway, now we're going to just briefly touch on this because we've been we've been yapping for a while about um, the pro the uh, college games, but we have a couple interesting pro games. I just want to touch on um, uh, a couple of them quickly. First one, so this is going to be NFL Week 15. We're getting down in the nitty gritty here. We got uh, you know games coming on Sunday, December 14th. And last week, I thought I had a hunch that Tampa Bay was going to keep it close against the Lions. Not true. Lions went and for the second consecutive week, 134-19. Now they have a team in Minnesota who's been playing better. Minnesota's not a bad team by any stretch. And, you know, the Vikings have been feasting on different, you know, poor opponents. They came back and, and beat the Jets. So now they're 6-7. and seven. That's a decent record for a Vikings team with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. So now this week, Minnesota's coming into Ford Field, and the Lions are trying to get their 10th win of the season, which is... That's pretty good. I mean, you gotta you gotta give them some respect. They're nine and four right now, and they got a hold on the playoff spot right now. They they hold the tiebreaker over the Dallas Cowboys. So, and the coolest thing too 
is that it's a 4 p.m. game, 4.25 p.m. kickoff. So the Lions are getting some respect. They're, they're, they're favored in the game by eight points. The over-under is 42.5. So uh, why don't you give me your thoughts? I mean, is Detroit going to keep rolling and win another 34-17 game? I think they just play too well at home, and right, they're hot right now. Definitely. You know? uh, I just think they win this one. Uh, I think I'm going to say this goes over yeah. the 42.5. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they win by at least 10. I'll say they win by at least 10 points because okay. Minnesota is just not not there. And okay. Detroit's defense has improved for all the years and everything Very I've always said so. about how bad their secondary and their defense has been. It's been a lot better. So I'm going to say Detroit wins this game 35-24. 35-24. So a nice high-scoring game there. Yep. I don't think the Lions are going to give up 24 points. They okay. just – I think – you know, why mess with the good thing? 34-17, 34-17, 34-17. Double down, baby. Double them up. Double them up. So for the triple-double, they're triple-double up. So I think the Lions are going to get their 10th win of the season. And then, the so, you know, that's great because that will be a 7-1 and home record, which means they have to go to the Bears on the 21st and then go to Lambeau on the 28th. Which they should be fine against the Bears, should but be Lambeau fine. is going to yeah, be interesting. That's tough. But I think an 11-5 yeah. and five team... Because the the we're going to talk about the Cowboys in one sec. I yes. think an 11, 11 and a five Lions team can make it to the playoffs. Yes, as the fifth or sixth seed. Because mm-hmm. I think Seattle's going to claim it. Seattle looks great. Seattle they beat do. Philly last week and looks tough and everything. So, okay, here's a fun one that I put one on the list. It's you just like this because of Johnny Football. You got that right. <laughs> so we got the Cincinnati Bengals playing in Cleveland. Cincinnati is minus one. The over under is forty four. It's a one p.m. start. And like Brooks just pointed out, for the first time in the history of football, like, and we'll see if it matters or not. Something mm-hmm. tells me it might not matter. But Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, Heisman Trophy winner from 2012. He is the first round draft pick. He's been getting a little work here, a little work there. Well, Hoyer has been terrible in the last three games. He's like zero touchdowns, seven interceptions. They blew a game at the end to the Colts last week. Coach Mike Pettine or whatever has had enough. Mike Pettin. That's it. And the weird thing about the Brown, the Browns, right? I mean, they're still in the playoff race. They're seven and six. Yeah, but the, the most is not very good, is it? The the most surprising victory that the Browns have this season is on a Thursday night game when they went to Cincinnati and smashed the Bengals mm-hmm. twenty four to three. Yeah, and that's just a, a shocking, shocking. It's really rare to win when in Cincinnati. Yeah, because the Bengals are eight four and one, and because of that tie with Carolina, they hold the lead in their division, and the Bengals. You know, they lost last week to Pittsburgh, 42-21, which there's Pittsburgh for you, making absolutely no sense. Yes. Okay, Le'Veon Bell, because we're here at Michigan State, was has been amazing. He had three touchdowns last three week. Touchdowns. Or, three touchdowns. Like yeah. 260 yards yeah. and another, you know, with receiving and rushing. But the Steelers are just so weird because they lose games to, like, the Jets and the Buccaneers and the Saints, and then they <laughs> whoop teams like the Bengals. So the whole thing is lots of confusion i just thought it'd be fun to talk about because now we have coach marvin lewis of the bengal's calling manzella midget mm-hmm. in the thing let me tell you something now brooks is taller than me but and i know we're talking football and they're trying to light him up would you call me a midget do you think i'm a midget i mean i'm exactly 6 foot okay I'm six feet tall too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brooks just carries himself a little. I I, I slouch. <laughs> I'm cool like that. I, I'm six feet effing tall, man. Johnny Manziel's six feet tall. Well, that's what they say. What? I'm just saying he's no midget. You just no, said he's the not wrong a thing, man. He's not five two. 
yeah. or five one or four nine. And whatever it's just it's a mean thing to say in the yeah. first place. So you just call Johnny Football, who's got a lot to prove now. Yes, he's got a lot of pressure. That's why this is a compelling game. I cannot wait to watch this game. Yes, one p.m. kickoff, baby. So I'm going to come out and say Cleveland puts it on them for that midget thing. They're going to shove it. I think they're going to knock them off. And wow. I don't think that Johnny's going to save the season for Cleveland, but at least it gives everybody something. Finally, it's like whoa. We as football fans get to enjoy it. So the game is 44. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to stay under. I think the final score is going to be something really disgusting. 1916. I'm going to go, but the Browns get it done, and Johnny's going to do his little finger salutes and stuff for money, money which I'm, which I'm, you know, I'm not an advocate of. I think, I think it's just, you know, he's a little too, you know, self-promoting, and that's going to be the doom of him. But this week, they lit the fire. And I think that we talk about motivation. I think the Browns have something to play for to shove it up into their in-state rivals. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I think this is Johnny Manziel's first game. I don't I don't think he's going to be great. I think he's going to struggle. Okay. And Cincinnati has a very good defense. And yes. The question is for Cincinnati is which Andy Dalton's going to show up. Is right. it going to be good Andy Dalton where he's going to throw touchdowns or is it going to be bad Andy Dalton where he throws a lot of picks? And A.J. Green took off like for 200-some yards. Like for I don't know if it was last week, but I, I think it might have been. I mean, A.J. Green's having a great, great season. Yes, so. yes. Um, I just think Cincinnati, I don't think they lose this one. Okay. I think it was a fluke last time that the Browns went in and beat him at home. It seemed like it. And I just think Cincinnati, they're, they're mad from the last time they played the Browns, and I think they take care of them. Take care of Johnny Football, knock okay. him around a bit. All right, wow. Maybe try to knock him out to bring Brian Hoyer back in, you know, Could after happen. after whatnot. And I don't know. I think they win the game. When a game that goes over, uh, Cincinnati wins 35-17. All right, so that's uh, that's 52 points. And, yeah, that would that would be putting Johnny – that would – some would think that would give him a little dose of humility. Yes, he needs a little bit. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know what you could give that guy to give him humility. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I think, I think that they he shouldn't have called him a midget in the first place. Just I on agree. general principle, he shouldn't. But have. just as far as as to put stuff on the wall for the locker room to motivate a team. Yes, you know, and like we'll see because we don't know the inner workings. Maybe the maybe the Browns themselves are sick of Johnny Football, and maybe they don't want to play for him. Maybe, maybe. they don't want. You know, maybe they'll rally against Hoyer and feel like he's being slighted and that they let Hoyer down. So, true. an interesting, compelling game. Okay, two more quick ones to get to. Here's one that weeks ago would have been great, but they played the game and it wasn't. It was Seattle and San Francisco on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Seattle whooped them 19-3, and then San Francisco goes and loses to the Raiders, and I know that humiliation. <laughs> we just talked about humility. I know the humiliation because I'm a Chiefs fan, and they blew a game hardcore on a Thursday night. And lost to the Raiders, and that's atrocious because a team like the Rams beat the Raiders fifty-two to nothing the following week. So the Raiders just defeated the 49ers, who are crumbling. They are ripping at the seams of Levi Stadium. Jim Harbaugh's coaching job is Problems. on the line. Kaepernick not playing well. Just they look messy, and now they have to go to Seattle in a game with an incredibly low over/under, thirty-eight and a half, but an incredibly high spread. Minus ten. So I just, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, can Seattle cover ten points because they won nineteen to three last time? Can they just whoop them and just shut them down? And if they won nineteen to three at San Francisco, that I mean, we're talking about the home of the the twelfth man in football. Yeah, where they, the Seattle fans are crazy. They're loud. It's hard to hear in that stadium. I mean, why not? Why why can't they win by ten? And I think this one goes over. Wow. All right. So give me a score. I think Seattle wins this one twenty eight. 14. 
28-14. Yeah, it doesn't take much to go over when the over-under is 38 and a half. Wow. And, you know, for some reason, I'm just I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of these guys that thinks that after all this crap gets put on you, like they're talking Harbaugh and Kaepernick, that just, that's my theme today. Today's theme is motivation. The 49ers just have to play well. They have to. And I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but that's a lot of points, man. That's 10 points. The, the time before the game just got away from them, they're like, ugh, we're crapping it up at home. Now they're like, we cannot screw this up, dude. So they got to have some pride. I think that they take a lead, maybe 20-14, to 14, and Seattle goes down and gets a game-winning touchdown to win 21-20. So, yeah, I got it going over, but there's, I don't think there's any way Seattle can cover 10 points. Okay. I think the motivation factor is going to be there for the 49ers. Hmm. And if you're right and the 49ers do lose by two touchdowns, then it's time to start booking Harbaugh for a trip to Ann Arbor. If he wants the job. Yeah, which I don't think he wants to stay in San Fran any much longer. No. So, anyway, that's why these are important things to talk about. Okay, final game of the day, and I really just hate this. I just It's funny. Another Here's rivalry a, game. Another repeat of Thanksgiving. Yes. So, here we are a couple weeks later. We got Dallas now going to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia went 33-10 to in Dallas on Thanksgiving. But last Thursday, Dallas defeated the crappy Bears, 41-28 or something like that. Thursday night. Yeah. And, and you know, the Bears are just terrible. They're just horrible. And Philly now, who lost at home to the resurgent Seattle Seahawks, they're minus 3.5 against the Cowboys at home, over under 55.5. So now we're looking shootout again. It's an APM game. You know, you're Al Michaels, NBC. So uh, you've been going first for a couple ones. I think Philly gets it done again. I think because this is for the division. If you look at the if the if you look at the records of the teams here, um, right now Philly is sitting at uh, nine and four. Uh, they're tied at nine and four. So both teams are nine and four. And this is big for the Lions because the Lions need Philly to win this game so that Dallas goes to nine and five and the Lions can go to ten and four. Right? Imagine how the Cowboys fans feel. It's no more eight and eight seasons. We have nine wins. We got to that elusive nine. Right, and it could slip away. It could. So, so that's what's strange. So three and a half, I think it's going to be a shootout, a nice, good nighttime game. Uh, I think it's going to be enjoyable. So I'm going to say Philly wins by, you know, I like what you've been saying with touchdowns. I'm going to say Philly wins 38-31 in a really fun game to watch. Hmm. So that's what I'm going to do with that one. Wow. Well, Philly at home, and me being from the state of Pennsylvania, okay, and being born 45 minutes from Philly, okay, uh, I'm not... A crazy Eagles fan, but I do support the Eagles. Okay. And what Chip Kelly has done. And I liked Mark Sanchez when he was at USC. I just felt like he was never in a good system with the Jets. That's true. I think they get it done at home. It's very difficult to play in Philadelphia, as they call it, the city of brotherly love, which is very, very far from the truth. I was going to say, that's ironic. It's the city of throw batteries at people's heads. Yeah, throw batteries and... I call them the Boo Birds. And Yell at your son for striking out at Little League Baseball. Yeah, it's yeah they they take it very seriously. They do sports. have delicious these sandwiches. There, there's some sort of steak and cheese. I don't know what they call them though. What the are they Philly called? Philly cheese steaks. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Yes, those are good. They are very. That's good. That's their best best export. Yes. Yeah. They are very good. So you're telling me Philly's going to win at home? Yes, I'm going to say Philly wins at home. I think in a game where they cover. All right. And it goes over hey. 55 and a half. Ding, ding, ding. We agree. We do agree. All Finally. Right, so I said 38-31. What do you got? I I think they win this one by at least two touchdowns. Wow. Uh, wow. Yes. And you know what? That seems shocking to me right now, but if I think back to Thanksgiving, 33-10 to 10 in Dallas, yes. who could have predicted that? No one. So No one. And I, I think they win this game 
do I dare say they get to 42? They do get to 42. Okay. And they win 42-28. 42 to 28. You like your two touchdown spreads. I do. Well, I mean, that's a lot of points right there. Yes. So that's 70 points. Yes. I mean, Philly games, go, this feels like a Philly game that's going to go over. It does. This feels like a Chip Kelly special. You know, lots of big touchdowns. A lot of Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. Hey, I love Philly cheesesteaks. I really do. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it's it's just a good, and we, you know, college football has done its job. Unfortunately, as what I said, Michigan State wasn't in there, wasn't meant to be, but that's great that Michigan State gets to play in the Cotton Bowl. Yes. Now we get to focus for the next few weeks on kind of finishing the shuffling of the deck for the NFL playoffs because we're going to get six teams from each from each conference and we got some we got some good teams in there you know you got a, a New England to consider in the AFC with maybe with the you know obviously Peyton Manning the Broncos you know are there going to be some X factors in there we got Aaron Rodgers playing really great we got Seattle looking to repeat yep. you know we got some other X factors in there so Really compelling stuff for the NFL. I'm I'm very excited to watch December football, yes. especially now that my semester's done. I just want to remind you that I do not have a paper due tomorrow. Thank so, you, Cryer, yeah. uh, which I will finish mine tonight. Brooks is a very good student. He's a diligent student. So I am. You are. Dude, I mean, I've had such a good time this season. I'm, this, I don't, I'm not saying this is our last walk the line of 2014, because we might be able to get in here again. We will. But I mean, I just, you know, I, I said it during Thanksgiving, you know, how I appreciate him to am. To how appreciative I am to everything here at Impact Sports, you know, at Michigan State University. I'm, I'm a, you know, very appreciative of Alex Sharg and just all the good friends that we've made here. And, you know, Brooks and I are really good buds pr- because of this show. I mean, Brooks and I knew each other, but because of Impact Sports, I mean, it's just great to get in here and talk football with you, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just been s- such a great 2014. Yes. I mean... I was so superstitious about the year 2013, and I didn't like lots of stuff with 2013, but I was expecting 2014. I predicted 2014 to be a good year, man, yes. and it has been. The holidays make Cryer very sentimental, I can tell. Well, they do. Well, you know, we're wrapping up something, and I always look, you know, for posterity's sake, I do like to look back at our shows and hear myself at certain points, especially on the on the intros and the sign-outs. And this is where, you know, you got to give a little a truth and some heartfelt, you know, feelings. And I just really appreciate it. And I, I want to say how lucky I feel to be doing this because I really feel like we're doing something that's exciting. Yes. No matter where I go and talk to people about point spreads, they're excited. And I'm hoping to remove whatever stigma might be on top of point spreads. We are not talking about gambling. We're not talking about betting. We're talking about picking things because we want to be right. There's nothing finer than saying you got it right and making your friends know it. And they're like, oh, cry or pick that one. Bro, Brooks, you got that right. Yeah. Nice. Brooks got Georgia Tech. Yeah. That's what it's about. So what would you like to add to this before we get out of here for the year or or not? I'm not sure. No, I think we should do one more podcast. That's right. for sure. Okay. Uh, next week we got one coming. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's been a great semester. Uh, totally. You know, this is, I've really never gotten into point spreads and over-unders and Cryer's really gotten me into it. I We text back and forth all the time about games and Cryer tells me, you know, on his app, how many how many points he's got on a certain team, and you know, it, it it's fun. It's 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 a good time, and it really makes you think about the the team as a whole. Whereas, you know, I've played fantasy football for years, and then it's just about one player and what players do well for a certain team. You know, it really it, point spreads and over unders really make you think about a game, the environment, the weather, uh who's playing, who's injured, a lot a lot factors into it. And it's been fun, especially for college football and NFL football. And next semester, you know, when we do college basketball, 
it's going to be fun. And I guess if we want to throw an M- NBA basketball here yeah. and there or whatnot. There's everything. That's the beauty yeah. of the that's the beauty of point spreads because there's always an expectation going into every game. Yes. So it d- doesn't even matter. And, and it's just a matter of what Brooks just said. You assess all the different factors, all the independent variables going into it to statistically analyze it and prognosticate. I always said that at the beginning of Walk the Line, back when Ryan and I started, I said it's a statistically based analytical sports prognostication show. That's what it is. We're looking at point spreads, and we're just assessing who's going to, like, okay, we said, I don't think Ohio State's going to win, but will they cover those 10 points? And Brooks and I disagreed. So, you know, it's just... It gives you an extra level of something to have fun with. Brooks just said that a couple times. So, you know, I'm just having a blast and I really enjoy this. And, you know, and I just kind of want to end by saying, you know, it's been great what Alex Sharg has started here. Uh, I mean, I've been really successful with what I've been able to do in the last two years with men's and women's soccer. And Cryer's talked about walk the line with him and Ryan Smith to start it off. Then, look, you know, Cryer allowed me to come and help him with. Uh, walk the line. My pleasure, so, man. It's been yeah, an honor. It's been great, and we've become very good buddies from it. And you know, it, it's been great. And everything impact sports and impact in general has with these great studios they give us. You know, t- we take advantage of it fully. I take advantage of it for men's and women's soccer. And I just can't thank you know Michigan State University and Impact enough. I a hundred percent agree with what Brooks Lambeer just said. So that's awesome. We have a great time here. We thank you. I hope everybody, you know, like Brooks said, we might get back in here, but I hope everybody has a great holiday break and everything like that and have a good, you know, New Year's. And But we'll talk hopefully uh, one more time before before we're out. But everybody take care and, and uh, you know, stay safe, and we're going to try to do the same. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So, yeah, everybody happy holidays and take care. We'll talk to you later. Take it easy.